Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number two, 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 two. Yay! I think that's right. I think so. Yeah, there might have been one of one or too many two twos, two, 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 Give or take two twos. Yes. Yes, it is episode two hundred and twenty-two. Um, we've been doing that that this that long now. Yeah, and we've missed a bunch, so we've been doing yes. it longer than that. <laughs> we have, um, but uh, it's Kieran's Christmas, everyone. It's uh, E3. That's it. It's game of the oh yeah, E3. Or or is E3 like your <laughs> Easter? Yeah, sure. I mean, maybe not this year. <laughs> no, this year, no, no. This year was very much like there's always the thing that people say is like you know, E3 is. Or game announcements in general are less exciting the year before a new console comes out. Uh huh. And, and we are the year before new consoles come out. So <laughs> it was a bit of a quiet E3. <laughs> Except for Nintendo, who was like, hey, we our console's only been out two years. Here's things. Yes. <laughs> so we have got we've got a few games we're gonna talk about because like Kieran said, we've been away for a little while. So just a, a quick chat about some of the things that we've played and what we've been up to. And then we'll we'll talk a bit about E3 because it was, uh, wasn't terribly exciting, but there were still some cool things that, that happened. Yeah, it was all right. There was some fun things. There was a lot of, <laughs> thing is, there was a lot of announcements and not a lot of gameplay. De- yes, yeah. So but the announcements were still pretty interesting. Yes, cool. So let us talk about some of the things that we've been uh, playing. So why don't you tell us about you bought something? You bought some hardware. Yeah, I bought some hardware. So really, all of the games I've got on this list, except for board games, <clears throat> fall into one category. So I'll probably talk about all of them because they're all relatively small. Um, right. Which is I got PSVR, uh, which. It's a VR headset, plugs into your PS4, and it's pretty neat. I bought like the big bundle that comes with the headset, the camera, and two move controllers. Uh, right, just okay. I wanted, just because I wanted to play Super Hot VR. Like, it was the main reason I got it, is it was on sale, and I wanted to play Super Hot VR. So I was like, okay, well, this is now is the time, I guess. Um,. And I've been pleasantly like impressed by it so far. I think as a headset, it is one of the cheaper VR headsets you can get. And right. Kinda, it kind of has the lowest barrier to entry other than probably the new Oculus, the Oculus Quest, I think it is. Um, because all it needs is a PS4 and you just plug it in. works. Whereas most other VR headsets, you need to plug into a bulky PC and it needs to be my PC probably could, but where my PC is set up is not adequate space for VR, so I went for the cheaper option. Um, right. The new Oculus Quest, though, is completely wireless and self-contained, so you just have the headset and that's all you need, which seems really cool. But I didn't get that. I was like, I'm going to get the PSVR because it's on sale. I have PlayStation 4. I have some games that already support it, uh, so I don't need to buy many games. I can basically just buy Super Hot and anything that's on sale. And it just happened to be that Sony had a bunch of VR games on sale at the same time. Cool. And I was like, well, I'll go into it. So 
the first thing I played was Super Hot, which people remember a couple of years back was one of my favorite games of whichever year it came out. Um, yes. The non-VR version of it. Mm-hmm. It is basically a, a first-person shooter where you play it and it, everything stays still or at least goes really, really slow until you move. So as you move, things, you know, catch up with you. So you can dodge bullets really easy. You can... Uh, you can like grab weapons out of other people's hands really easily and you can like dodge attacks and slam them with different attacks physical or uh, like melee attacks or you know guns and mm-hmm. in VR it's the exact same thing except you can't move around because it uses two move controllers and uh, you are standing there and PlayStation VR doesn't really do like it doesn't really track walking around very well because it's very limited area so you can like you can take basically a couple of steps in either direct like in any of the main directions and it will track you okay but anything past that and it's like you you're out of the play area go back to where you are and right so super hot is built around this idea because basically all the vr headsets have some kind of similar limitation and so it's Instead of you walking, like moving through these levels, fighting waves of enemies and stuff like that, you stand on a point, a waves of enemies come towards you, and once you take them out, you get a little teleport thing that takes you to the next set point. And that actually works really well because it lets them craft these little kind of puzzles, basically, that are really short and really, you know, simple, where it's just like, hey, you're in this place, a guy is running at you with a knife. And there's a guy loading a shotgun in the background. And you're like, okay, well, I can grab the knife out of this guy's hand, punch him in the face, and throw it at the guy that's loading the shotgun. And then I've killed him. I can move on to the next area. And it's little combat puzzles like that where they add more and more enemies and more and more variations of weapons. Um, one of my favorite levels is one that... I've not finished it yet, to be fair, but one of the le- my favorite levels that I've played so far is in like a kitchen like a right. kind of restaurant kitchen kind of thing. So it's got like one of the big long, um, like kind of the center bits that have like all the pots and pans and stuff like that on it and plates and all that kind of stuff. And there's guys shooting at you from, basically there's one like shooting at you from a balcony. There's one running around the other side of this unit. There's another guy shooting you from across a couple of tables. And the first thing that is the easiest and best thing to do in it is you lean over, grab a frying pan, and use it to start blocking all the bullets. And because the, mil- the bullets are all moving slow, because they're only moving when you're moving, you can just move this frying pan around and block all the bullets, and then throw it and knock someone out with it. And it's just such a cool. It's the thing like Super Hot. I seen of this. I have seen described as a game that makes you feel like John Wick, and right. I think it's a good description of it because the only thing this game's missing, which I guess it makes sense because it's VR and you're right in there, is the original version of it replayed the levels at full speed once you were done. So you saw it going at this kind of, you know, incredibly slowed down bullet time thing as you're playing. And then once you finished it, it was like, here's you beating the shit out of a bunch of guys in real time. Um, I get why they haven't done that in VR because you would throw up, which is fair. But it's really cool. I really like it. Um, it's definitely the best thing I've played in VR so far. And right. Cool. Possibly ever. We'll find out. 
Um, but I'll talk about more VR stuff after you tell me about Gal Metal. Yeah, so this, or I, I, I want to know if I should want this. I guess. <laughs> Gal Metal is is a very strange thing. So it's a rhythm action game where what you do doesn't really make much of a difference to the gameplay. Um, okay. It, it's one of those games. I love the idea of it. So the idea is that you are a drummer in a metal band and it's <laughs> instead of fighting the baddies in the game, you play music at them and the music makes them go away. It's weird. Guitar um, man shit. Yes, that's it. it it's Gitaru Man, the Parappa the Rapper thing, you know, doing music battles instead of having these battles in real life. Um, the I love the art style of it, and it's something that you would like as well. It's done like um, in a comic style, and the panels and everything it reads and works like a like a manga. Mm-hmm. And it is really good. the The story is absolutely nuts. It makes no sense whatsoever, and it's brilliant. The music that they have through it is really good. The it's they've got this kind of thing where you're in school, and that you spend time talking to your friends on like a WhatsApp kind of app on your phone. And you okay. can go through the, the conversation and it the story unfolds through this. Um, and you can, you know, you can react, you can send little messages and things, but the story gets unfurled to you through these, these conversations. You can, there's also, after that happens, then you go about your day and do you practice with your bandmates? Do you go and hang out with your friends? It's got this weird little metagame in. And that's really good as well. So everything is very good apart from the rhythm action stuff. <laughs> that's kind of unfortunate because it's kind of the bet. Yeah, so it's... What was the name of... You had a... It was a guitar... A rhythm... No, it, was, it wasn't a game, but it was... It wasn't a game, but it was. It taught you how to play the guitar on the oh, PS... Rocksmith, yeah. This is kind of like that because you don't... The song plays and you get told, right, the rhythm is... This is the rhythm we would suggest and it gets you to, you know, it teaches you the rhythm. But there's no notes. And when you play... And when the song plays, you just have to drum along. And it's trying to encourage encourage you to you know play by ear and you know just keep the time so you know that the um the rhythm you're trying to do is boom 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 Mm -hmm. and so it's a quite simple rhythm and the song speeds up and slows down and that's easy for you to keep up as well uh the problem comes in is the sensitivity and of the Joy-Cons, when you're using them as drumsticks, it doesn't really work. And then there's two other control schemes that you can use. 
and they're horrible as well. Uh. Because there's button pushes that you can use for the control scheme, but then the minute you put that in, it starts to simulate an entire drum set, and it doesn't tell you which buttons you need. You now need to push. There's no clue. So when you're using the drumstick mode which is the two Joy-Cons in one in each hand, you know, the left one will give you kind of the bass, the bass drum noise, and the the right will give you sort of a hi-hat. And it automatically picks the best sound for whatever drum beat it's trying to teach you. The minute you go for the handheld, you know, with the buttons, then you have to pick the right one. And it's weird. It's it's clunky it's not intuitive at all and you can you can end up pushing any button and it just it records the note push Mm -hmm. so you could be using two hi-hats and instead of going boom boom you're going that's how i drum usually yeah (laughs) just all hi-hats all the time yes yes so it's it doesn't work do you know that 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 kind of mode should have been sort of tightened up. Mm. Also, as well, that you can sort of cheat the system <laughs> because as you get on, um, the difficulty ramps up quite quickly, you know, so it goes from doing a simple beat to making it a bit more complicated. And sometimes it's a faster beat. So instead of the, you know, beat, beat, break beat beat break it's um beep beep you know it's that quick yeah. succession that doesn't work when you're using the drumsticks the the the, the calibration is off mm. and so eventually what you end up just doing in the later songs is you just shake the shake the controllers like fuck oh God. <laughs> just hope for the best and yeah you, you get points uh I, the point system is weird i'm not too sure how the point system works so for every beat that you play you get uh, a score. You know, you get some points. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mix up the different types of beats, you know, um, so they've all got names for the sets. If you mix them up, uh, you'll get points for variety. Uh, you'll get points for consistent rhythm using the same one over and over again. You get a combination of them. So you can get different points for different things. And if you just end up shaking the sticks like mad, it makes just a complete racket. It doesn't make any. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you end up passing the song anyway. So it's the whole package is very good, very enjoyable. It's a weird little game, but the control scheme unfortunately lets it down. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I am. Um, see if you can pick it up reasonably cheap. If you can get a yeah. second-hand copy. Um, or something like that, or you know somebody and you can borrow their copy, I would absolutely recommend that you pick it up and have a play around with it. Uh, especially you, Kieran, I think you would really like it, the same as me, but you get to a point where, okay, I've got over the, the novelty of it, and I really want to play, I want to get into the game and play it a bit more. Yeah. And after the fifth, uh, the fifth song which is where I got to, I did the fifth song and I was just shaking the sticks. Um, and it was, it just, it felt like I was cheapening the game and I've, 
went through the story and everything of the sixth song and I've done a little bit of the gameplay and done the training and things but it's now at the point where it wants me to play more complicated beats and I can't do it because of the just the, the physical equipment that you're, u- you're using to play the game because of the gyroscopes yeah. you basically hit the limit of what you can do very early on yes yeah um, and each each level is um, it's quite lengthy with the story, you know. So that as crazy and as daft as the story is, the it, it's quite fleshed out. Um, I think when you first play the game, you're you're looking at about fifteen minutes before you get to actually play uh, play the drums. The first time, it's <laughs> that sounds like a <laughs> you know, Japanese game. Yes. Um, it was. Uh, I was playing it on the train. So what was I'd got my copy when uh, we went down to Manchester, uh, Anna and myself, and we popped into CX here in the UK, which is where we get a lot of our kind of second-hand games and stuff. And I popped into a branch that was in Wigan, which mm. is it's a, a small town in England, and there's not. It's got the CEX, and you always find if you have a look at its stock online, it's always got interesting stuff because mm-hmm. somebody goes in, takes it in, and um, it's not very popular, so it goes down at a, a low price, and nobody buys it. So I always love I love going to these little towns in the CEX because you normally find yeah. interesting stuff. And I picked up this copy for was it fifth either fifteen or eighteen pound? It wasn't a lot of money I think at all. It was fifteen, but I don't remember. Because you yeah. told me about it at the time. Because I was very yes. much like, hmm, should I buy this as well then if it's going for fifteen pounds? Um it, I'm not mad that I bought it. Um I'm a bit mad that I can't really play much more of it. Mm-hmm. But what I might do is start again and try and see if I can I just looked on back. the Nintendo website and realised that £15 isn't actually that much of a saving because of the game costs £18 anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much... At the, at, the, at the time, I was like, oh, you saved a lot of money. That's quite cool. But it's actually a budget game anyway. Um, oh, wow. Um, actually, I don't DLC. know what I paid for it. I don't, I don't know what I paid for it then. Was it I don't know. 15 I don't know if it was... I thought it, it was. was somewhere... it was less. Uh, yeah. A minimum it would have been would have been twelve quid or something. I didn't pay a lot for it. You could buy the so, encore pack for eight nine nine. Team up with new bandmates to blow away those pesky aliens. Oh really? DLC adds five <laughs> new story episodes, characters, and songs. No, no. <laughs> you can swap out the original band members with these new player characters for live performances. Oh, cool. Um. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting game. I do, I, do, I quite like it. Uh, I do like the idea of it's. There's no note charts or anything. It's not a. It's more free. It's not a rock. Yeah, it's not a rock band game. It is it's more about like the notes you don't play. Rocksmith. Sorry. <laughs> it's, the, it's about the notes you don't play. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, check it out if you are interested. Um, yeah, I might, cool. I might try to find a excellent copy of it. So, why don't you tell us about Trova Saves the Universe? You just put that in. That's made up words. 
Uh, all words are made up, Mike. Um, well, <laughs> but yeah, flibble uh, my flobble lobble. <laughs> Uh, Trover Saves the Universe is the new video game from the creator of Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a VR game. You can actually play it in VR as well, but it's kind of built for VR. Uh, where you play as... Uh, I forget the name of your character. It's like a, a, a chair Florian or something like that. It's basically, you're an alien race that always sits in chairs. And you have these little hover chairs, so that's how they do the VR thing of you're sitting in a chair the whole time. That's why you have to teleport from spot to spot because you can't move because you're in a chair. Um, but you control Trover, who's this little purple guy with empty eye sockets who runs around and does your bidding and talks a lot. But right at the start of the game, you're out playing with your two dogs, which look a lot like the little fluffy dog from Rick and Morty. Um, and this giant alien thing shows up out of nowhere, grabs your dogs and sticks it in its eye sockets. And then he's just running around with your dog's head sticking out where his eyes should be. And that gives him, like, godly powers or something. Right, okay. And you have to go stop him. Trover shows up and like, you teleport around with Trover and you go and do missions to collect things to take this guy out and you learn more about the world. It's... It's pretty decent, like, it's a pretty solid, like, gameplay-wise, it's a pretty solid, kind of just simple action platformer. Like, it, it feels good. Uh, the platforming's good, the the action is good enough, and it's got some nice little puzzles and stuff like that. But the main kind of thing that would be bringing you to the game is, like, the humour of it. It is very much a... If you liked Rick and Morty in particular, the episodes of Rick and Morty where they have the intergalactic or interdimensional cable episodes which are basically semi-improvised comedy episodes where they're flicking between tv channels it feels very much like that it's got a lot of like really stilted kind of deliberately bad delivery of mostly like lines that vary between deliberately bad to you know decent um and when it hits, it is very, very funny. Like it does. There's a bit. There's a bit very early on where you meet uh, someone that's running a, a little stall, a little stall that says upgrades on it. Uh-huh. And you go over to them and they're like, "Oh, if you go kill these monsters over here, just over there, I'll give you these upgrades that'll let you double jump." And you're like, "All right, cool." And you run over and kill a bunch of monsters, and you come back and he goes, "No, no, those those were my pets, you monster." <laughs> Those were those were my pets. Why would you kill them? And you're just like they all. They just look like monsters. Why didn't you specify which ones to kill? And he's like, "What do you mean? You could clearly see those ones were domesticated." And it's like, <laughs> "All right, sure." And then he packs up and leaves. He gives you the upgrade before he leaves, but he's like, I, "There's too many memories here. I need to get out here." And so, <laughs> there's bits of the game that are funny like that that I really really like. And then there's bits that just the jokes just don't land. Um, right. It's hard to do comedy in video games, and I think sometimes this game nails it, and sometimes you're just standing there watching Trover yell things, and it's not that funny. Right. Um, but when it does it, when it works, it works. Uh, I've played, I don't know, probably a couple hours of it now. I don't think it's that long. It feels very much like I'm reaching you know, some kind of 
end. Um, but it's pretty decent so far. I think I bought it full price. I think it's probably better to wait for a sale for it. It's not great. Um, and it'd probably be okay playing without VR as well. But VR is definitely kind of part of what makes it really good, I think. Right. But I could see it working without it. Like, it's not cool. essential. It's just... It it just puts you into the viewpoint a little bit better so you can kind of look around and see stuff a bit, you know, more naturally than uh, analog stick would allow. But, yeah. I I think you can wait on it. Unless you're, like, a massive Rick and Morty fan, in which case you'll probably just fucking love it. I like Rick and Morty. And so, right. <laughs> like, like the show... I think the game kind of is hit or miss with some of its jokes. So, right. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's decent. It's, it's good. Not the best VR game I've played, but yeah. It's no super hot. Right. Um, yeah. But more importantly, is Picross S3 the best Picross game you've played? It's more Picross. Which is a good thing, and a really good thing. So, um, it's a lot better than I thought. So I was with the the color Picross. So the, the that's the main thing that this version adds is color Picross. And I've had a look at other games that do the you know the Picross thing, and it's oh we do extra colors. Yeah, and that's usually the selling point of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but it's they've got crazy rules and things, and they, they change the rules and how you play the game. Picross S three when it does color Picross, you have various colors in the puzzle that you're trying to solve. Um, and the only way the rule changes in this one is, you know how and it normally gives you the clue on the grid of how many colored blocks there are yeah. in in a certain row it still does that but what it does this time is it tells you how many blocks there are of each different color so you may mm -hmm. it may tell you there's two blue blocks and then there's three green blocks and there's a yellow block and that's fine but this time as opposed to regular picross where you know, if there's, um, a, you know, a set of two, a set of one, and a set of three, you can, there has to be a space in between each of these, you know, blocks yeah. of, of, yeah. With color picross, there doesn't have to be. So the only rule is that if you've got, you know, two blocks of the same color, so two blocks of blue, a three and a two there has to be a space in between one of those yeah. but if you've got what uh, a three and a two and one's red and one's blue they can be right next to each other do they need so, to be like in the order that they're shown so is it like if it shows you know yeah red so then blue it, yes they had they they are in that order as well i see so yeah so it it sounds like it's a bit more difficult, but yeah. my brain seems to grasp it a little bit better, which That's I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting. So really yeah. enjoying the puzzles with it. 
Um, they do a couple of cool things now with the the color ones. Once you've solved the little puzzle, it's animated. So right. you know the little the little thumbnail that you have of the the, the picture you've completed. It's yeah. animated. So there's uh, there's one of a little of a house, and once it's animated. It zooms in the house and the door opens and somebody comes out the house. And it's still all the pixelated art as well. That's quite cool. Yeah, so that's, that's quite that's cool. That's a nice little improvement. Yeah, yeah uh, just a silly little thing. The game still has regular Picross as well. So you have a hundred, another 150 regular Picross puzzles. You know, so the monochrome ones. There's an, 150 new puzzles for you to play. There is Mega Picross. And the Mega Picross, again, that's the same thing. Uh, it's another 150 puzzles uh, based on the, you know, the, the monochrome puzzles. Yeah. With the Color Picross, you are getting, so far, I don't know if there's any more added to it, but there's 30, uh, 30 Color Picross puzzles. So I don't know if there's any more unlocked after that. Or but yeah, it. there's or that's it, yeah. So there's uh there's thirty of them. Uh and then of course there is Clip Picross, which came from S two. I didn't play so S2, that... so Ah right, okay, so Clip uh, I think I spoke about it when I played S two. And so. uh so Clip Picross is once you complete for every uh, every row of puzzles, you know when you you select all the you go and you pick which puzzle you want to play. When you for every row of puzzles you complete, you gain a clip, and the clip is a, a it's a piece of Picross puzzle to be solved, and. What it think of it like a jigsaw puzzle? So oh, each... I do remember this, and so they all kind of form together as a big. Yes, thing. that's the yeah. one. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. Uh, so that's back as well. So that is cool. More pay cross cost you nine quid if you are picking it up on the Switch. If you like pay cross, do it. Um, I now have all the Picross games, including that weird mang, uh, the the weird uh, mang- <laughs> the anime manga one. one. Yeah, the anime yeah. one. Uh, brilliant! I, it's just something that I enjoy playing. Cool. You should uh, pick them up. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I picked up. It's free at the moment, but uh, or it's free in general. I picked up. I forget the name of it. There's a on iOS. There's a Konami. Picross game. Oh, I I think I picked that up as well at one point. It's free to play. I've not played much of it, but it seems really good. Um, all the puzzles in it are themed around old Konami games. Oh no, I actually know that's a different one. Oh well, the ones I have, the one I'm playing, all the things. All right. Uh, let me see if I find the name of it. Uh, Pixel Puzzle Collection. It has ah. adverts on it, but that's it. All right. also only seem to be for their games. I don't know if you can like pay money to get rid of the adverts. Uh, I'm just looking for Pixel Puzzle Collection Konami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. It's really good if you want some 
If you don't want to have to pull your whole switch out of your bag to place it to get your Picross fix. It is full of inverts, but um, the actual Picross is good, so you kind of right. tune them out. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, you, usually with these things, there's a way to like pay, you know, four quid and get rid of all the adverts, but I don't see it. Yes, yeah. Maybe not for this one. Um, but yeah, that one's quite good. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, have you got a couple of more PSVR games that you played? I believe you you told me that you played some Wipeout in VR. I did. So I did the thing where like I had PSVR and a bunch of my games already supported it, so I kind of jumped in out of all of them. Um, I played some Wipeout, which Wipeout is really good in VR. Uh, it locks you to first person like in the cockpit and has like a handful of different options for ways to play it. Cool. But it works really well. It is really fun and it's cool to be kind of like embedded in that ship and you know flying around uh, the courses it's it made me feel a little bit motion sick when I changed some of the settings because there's cool. a handful of them um, by default it has um, your head follows the follows the cockpit of the the thing of the, the, the ship that you're flying and so it's very level the whole time you can change it so that it follows the layout of the track instead. So when you go on like a curved surface that's kind of going slightly more, um, instead of being more flat and horizontal, it makes you slightly more vertical. It you know tilts your view that way. That made me feel a little bit sick, but not too much. The one that made me feel really sick is there's another one that uh, follows the head of the pilot, I think is what they call it. Um, right, and it's just moving around constantly, and it's the fucking worst. <laughs> it's, it's horrific. <laughs> um, it's just, it, I think, it even gives you a warning. It's like this. This will probably make you throw up, and it's like, yeah, I, I feel bad. Um, but on the the default settings and stuff like that, it it looks really good. It plays really well. Uh, the thing that I found PlayStation VR because PlayStation is obviously a bit underpowered for VR stuff. Is a lot of games look really kind of low resolution. Uh, but Wipeout looks really crisp, so you're in there, you can just look around the, the cockpit of the ship and it just, it looks, you know, really solid and real like it's there. Um, cool. Which is kind of what you want from that stuff. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, I played some Gran Turismo Sport in VR, which played fine, and I don't know if maybe the the, I don't know if Gran Turismo Sport does the same thing as like 5 and 6 did, where some of the cars have more detailed interiors than other ones, but right. the interior of the car I was in in VR was not very detailed, and then all of the track was like super low resolution and blurry and didn't oh, okay. feel good. Um, it wasn't a particularly great experience. Um, but it does wow. give you options to... You can't go through the career or anything like that in, story, uh, in VR mode for Gran Turismo. In Wipeout, right. you can just play the whole game. All three of the games in that Omega collection, you can just play in VR and it just works. Oh, um, awesome. Which is really good, yeah. And Gran Turismo Sport is like, you can go to this separate area where you can do a one-on-one race or a time trial. And it's like, thanks, Gran Turismo. Yeah. Um, oh, what else did I play? I played 
some of a game called Knockout League, which is like a right, okay. game that uses PlayStation Move controllers, and it's basically ah, just right, a complete yeah. ripoff of um, Punch Out. Ah, right. And it has like big cartoony characters that are all like full of personality and stuff like that, like Punch Out. Like it's my say ripoff. Like it sounds really. Yo, it really downplays the quality of a game when you call it a rip-off, but you know, it is heavily inspired by Punch Out. But it's actually a really good game as well. Um, right. I've not played much of that though, I've only done the first fight, but I I did really like it. Uh oh, there was something else. I played Resident Evil. I played a little bit of Resident Evil, I played the intro of it. Um the start of Resident Evil Seven, you're like outdoors and it looked like a blurry mess and it was horrible. Um, which it's been a while since I played the intro of Resident Evil 7 so I can't remember if that's just how it looks out of VR as well if I think it right. might be um, but once you actually get into like the, the the house or the indoor areas and stuff like that that VR seems like a really good way to play Resident Evil 7 um, cool. I'm probably going to play more of that I I haven't played it myself yet but my girlfriend's been playing a lot of Moss which is this? Um, I don't know the demo of it, and she liked it so much. I was like, I'll just, I'll just buy it. I'll just get it. Why not? Cool. Um, I'll probably play it eventually. It's like a little VR again, kind of puzzle platformery kind of thing. Bit more of an action game, I guess. But there's got a lot of puzzles in it. Uh, we play as a mouse. And you're this little mouse wearing like armor and has a little sword and stuff like that. Cool. And it's adorable. Um, I've not played any of it myself, but it seems really good. And there was probably something else, but those are the ones I remember. Oh, I played Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect in VR is something. Oh, yeah. That's... It's one of those games, again, where it's maybe a little bit lower resolution than I would like. But once you're playing it for a couple of minutes and you have those (laughs) headphones plugged in and you're just in the tetris it's real good you kind of just you lose track of the fact that you're like we first go in i was like oh, this is a bit blurry you know i'm looking at these you know visualizers and stuff like that and they're, and they're a little bit lower resolution than i'd like and it's not uh-huh. that great but then after you start playing tetris for a few minutes you're like oh no this is great this is just this is just good <laughs> tetris fight's a great game anyway but having all of the, the visualizer stuff surround you is a really cool experience right um yeah i don't know next time you're up at mine i will throw you into all of these vr things yes excellent that given you're currently living in a, a horrific cat situation that would probably make VR really difficult for you yes yeah um <laughs> or it may take if you are playing you know one of the survival horror games it would just add this this level to it yeah probably not the best idea no, no, no. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's the, an injury waiting to happen. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, next time, Rob. Um, but it's cool. I'm liking it so far. I it's a bit of it's that thing where I always knew it was going to be, but it's a bit of a hassle to actually just play VR stuff, just because I need to. Uh, I need to move my table out of the way. My the. Uh, uh, the, the the coffee table um out of the way oh, because right. it, it blocks the camera a little bit um because the camera is sitting it's sitting on top of the tv pointing down towards you so you can stand in front of it and pick it up but if you're sitting down that means it can't pick up the controller if you move it kind of below where your arms would normally be when you're 
you're doing stuff, which some games make you kind of reach down to pick things up and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So the camera kind of loses track if the table's in the way there, so I need to move out of the way for that. Right. But other than that, it's, it's been it's been really fun. Um, it's a good experience. I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend getting a PSVR unless it's like heavily discounted, which it is constantly. I think they are actually just having another big sale right now. Right. Um, but there's some good games and stuff on there. I want to play more of Astrobot because that's the one that everyone keeps saying is amazing. And I've played the first few levels and it seems really good, but it's not 100% clicked with me yet. Um, right. But yeah, it's it's cool. And that new one that just came out, the it's been getting really good reviews. The London Heist one. Um, oh, it's called like Blood and something. Blood and Money. I don't know what it's called. It's supposed to be really good. Um, but yeah, VR is a dumb gimmick in a lot of ways, but it, it works really well when it works. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the last game we have listed on here is Tetris. Tetris 99. Did you unlock the Game Boy skin? Yes, that was the only reason that I put it on the list so we could talk about the Game Boy skin. <laughs> that was the last time I played it. I played it enough that weekend to unlock the Game Boy skin, then didn't play it again. I yeah, I'm the same. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> that Game Boy um, skin is great, though. Oh, it was awesome. I played the game when I that that event was on when I was down in Manchester, so I was playing it remotely. I couldn't plug it into my TV and play it, and I couldn't play it with the sound. Mm. Um, because I was sitting there and I couldn't close myself off for visiting the like in-laws. The it's got the music. I know. So I, I, I played it. Uh, I played it like at night when everyone went to bed, which was cool. I played it with the, the headphones in, and which was cool. But I was doing really well on the on the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, normally you play, and the first one you you play, you get to you know maybe position eighty, and then that's it. You get wiped out, and you play. And I was, I was finishing in. You know, I think the the highest position that I finished in was in the thirties. Uh, just the this series of games that I played on the either the Friday or the Saturday when mm-hmm. I did play, I was on a roll. It didn't take me long to unlock the skin. And I was doing yeah. really well. Yeah, I got down to third a couple of times as well. I think it's one of those advantages where I I was the same. Like, I was doing really well that weekend. I think it's one of those advantages where because they had an event on, there's probably more people playing. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I think Quite... when I jump into outside of events like that, I just get destroyed instantly. And I think it's just yes. because the people that are playing it outside of the events are really good at Tetris. Yes, yeah. But then going, hey, you'll unlock a thing if you play this weekend means everyone comes back for the weekend and you're playing against people similar skill levels or lower. Which yeah, is yeah. handy. Not that I'm particularly good at Tetris. I'm <laughs> pretty bad at Tetris. Yeah, um, I like it. I have fun with it. But yes. Yeah, so, um, did, did you buy the no, single I, player stuff? No, I didn't. I was considering it, and then I thought, but I have, I have Puyo Puyo Tetris, I have Tetris Effect. I have Puyo Puyo Tetris on multiple devices, and I have Tetris Effect. 
I do, well, yeah, that's true. I do have uh, people who some more devices. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I need the, the this mode, but saying that, I am intrigued to see the because it's kind of like a DLC pass that you're buying, isn't it? Because there's two other modes coming that yeah. you included in this price of nine pound or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. I'm not writing it off saying no, I'm not going to do it. Or... So if one of those yeah. additional modes is Puyo Puyo, then I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, physics mode. So it'll be like, uh, what was that physics-y Tetris we played a bunch of? Oh, the, the Tricky Tower. Tricky Towers. Yes. I like that game. <laughs> that game was good. That was cool. So, yeah, I haven't bought it. We'll see. But other than that, I've not really played a lot. I. I've read a lot of comics. I've been reading a lot of comics. I've not. I bought a new iPad partially with the intention of reading more comics and then didn't. Uh, no, I have... God, I've read so so many comics. I'm pretty much I'm caught up on the entire Carol Danvers run of Captain Marvel. Nice. Yeah, I, I think I've got one... I think I've got 14 comics from 2017 to read and then that's me. Up to date. I'm up to date with the the new Miss Marvel, uh, and various other things. And it's that it it's got that bad that I um. So I've been reading these on Marvel Unlimited, so it's kind of the subscription service that they do, and you can read all the the old comics. But anything that's newer, you know, six months or newer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know that you have to wait six months before it comes onto the app. Um, and there's a couple of runs of the new stuff that I'm actually buying physical comics of. Um, <laughs> You're back but in. I yeah, I'm, I, I am kind of back in. There's only there's four series, so it's four comic books a month that I'm buying, uh, and I'm quite happy with the you know to wait with the rest of them because there's still quite a lot to catch up on. I'm too busy but, yeah. spending all my money that I could be spending on comics on Oink games. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, you uh you've uh, you've been trying to catch up with so we end up with the same number of oint games and probably the same amount of oint games that we haven't played. Yeah, I've not played many of them. I'm gonna soon. But yeah, I haven't uh, much. I bought Mr. Face. Yes, yeah. I was going to get that one and then uh I logged on to Kickstarter and saw that Monica's have got a new expansion. <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah, so I backed that. I yeah, maybe I'm probably about the same as you. I might be one ahead now. Then if I, because I think I was the same number of oint games when I bought those last ones. Right. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. We're a similar number. I yes, we, yeah. For people who don't know, Oink are a board game publisher, and also you should know because we talk about them all the time. Um, yes. But they make, they're based in Japan and they make these tiny little boxes um, with these really simple little games. For the most part, a couple of them are a little bit more complicated, but the most part they're really simple. And they're just good. They vary from like good little party games to hidden roll games to... Um, 
really what good would, strategy games. Really good strategy games. What would you describe um, Deep Sea? Deep Sea, what's it called? Deep Sea. So Deep Sea Adventure Deep is sea Adventure. A, it's like a push a, your luck. Yeah, push your luck kind of roll and move thing. Yeah. Um, so like they, they make a good variation of things and they're never as simple as they look. They've always got a nice little twist. Like Deep Sea Adventure looks like you know, you roll a dice to move X number of spaces to, you know, go down a path and then you get treasure. But the trick with it is at a certain point you have to turn around and so whoever, you know, you move further by jumping over other players. So when everyone turns around and you're at the back, if you don't manage to jump over some players, you're going to have to actually move every single space and it takes longer. Um... So it's a nice little twist on that kind of stuff. And so most of their games are like that, where, you know, one of my favorites is a Fake Artist Ghost New York, which is a drawing game that's very much just kind of like a, you know, Pictionary kind of thing, but has a twist of, you know, one person doesn't know what they're drawing, which is yes. always very fun. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to play more of these. I have a bunch of them now. Um, but I did actually just want to mention that I played... Uh, Kobiakawa. Yes, yeah. Probably not how you pronounce that, but that's one of the link games. That's this is the link game that I've wanted since I learned that Link was a thing. Um, because they 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 did an original print run, and they only just did another print run recently, which when I picked it up. But it's a little game that comes in with a little tiny boxes for people who don't know. Like the boxes are literally like a pack the size of a pack of cigarettes or something. Like they're they're really small. A little yes, bit thicker yeah. than that, but they're basically that size. And uh, this Kobikawa one comes filled with metal coins. And I just like metal coins. It was like a good combination of things that I really like in board games, which is oink games and tiny little boxes and metal coins. And so I wanted it for a while. There was a version of it that came out here published by Yellow, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was Yellow. That did but it, yeah. it was a full-size giant box. Well, not giant box, but it was a it was a big box, and had yes cardboard tokens instead of coins. Yeah, and it was a weird thing though because what had happened was they'd brought it out, and they knew what the game was, and they knew that it was a cracking game. But it sat mm-hmm. here in sort of Britain and in America as well. It sat for ages and ages. And then somebody picked up on what it was, and I don't know if it it was a reviewer or, but somehow the word got out, and very quickly all the the limited copies that Yellow had made got snatched up, and it was I I think it was round about that time where you had said to me about this game, and mm. went and then had a look for it, and then I remember seeing loads of copies of that, yeah, and they I were just snatched up and gone, and I was just like I don't. I don't really want that though. I want the little oink one. <laughs> oh, and, <Yeah. laughs> oh, and the little one. So I never bought the big one. Um, but I played this game, one of the oink games I own that I actually bought and played. Um, and it's actually really good. I really like it. It's a really simple, just gambling game. It's literally just you have a deck of cards that go, they're numbered between 1 and 15, I think it is. And I think so, yeah. 
everyone starts with, I think it's like 10 coins or something like that. I think it depends on how many players there are, I can't remember. But everyone starts with these metal coins, basically. And going around, or to start with, someone shuffles the deck, deals one card to everyone, and then flips over the top one next to the deck. And that middle card is essentially a shared card. And so the way it works is everyone gets a chance to either flip the top card over and replace that card that's face up or take a card from the top look at it and look at the one they've got and discard one of them in front of them and that's basically all you can do and it goes around and then everyone has to bet based on whether they think they can win the round and you win the round by having the highest value card with the twist that whoever has the lowest value card adds the center card onto their number which if their card is of value 3 and the one in the middle is 1 odds are will not affect the outcome of the game a lot of the games we played was very much a case of we all had like 10 12 and 13 and then like Uh 5 came up and so all of us were like do we think we have like the lowest number (laughs) because if we if we do we can win this. And so a lot of our gambling was based on that. And you're, you know, bluffing about, oh no, I've got like a really low number. So I'm definitely going to have that. And that's going to be enough. Or like, you know, a really high number would come up in the middle. And so if like 14 comes up in the middle, if the highest card value is 15. So if you have the lowest number, but it's above one, you've won no matter what anyone else has. So you can just be like, oh yeah, I've got a two. Like I'm definitely going to win this round. Uh-huh. and people won't bet or you want to bluff and go no I've got nothing and try and encourage people to bet more it's really good it's it, like most of their games very simple premise yeah. but just absolutely fantastic very clever design definitely um, it's got these lovely little metal coins they're very thin but they're very very nice um, all of the artwork and stuff is I say artwork it's all very simple you know design on all of it and yeah it's really basic really quick to play and i really enjoyed it i would play that one again anytime it's like a really good kind of warm-up game we played it as a warm-up game before we played plague inc which i'll talk about next time on the podcast because because we have e3 stuff to cover we do we do yeah (laughs) all right cool you guys should we jump into e3 stuff uh no no not really uh i mentioned the back back to the kickstarter uh for monica's looking forward to that no let's do some e3 cool e3 happened technically this time we're talking it's still kind of happening i think this is the last day of it though right um but the the press conferences happened which is kind of thing we care about the most to be honest yes yeah, it's the yeah. more public facing unless you're actually there um ea didn't really show up again as always they're doing their pre-e3 thing uh not much of interest there they showed some jedi fallen order stuff which looks good i think um i wasn't super sold on it but it looks promising i'd like to see more straight up just footage of it Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wait until it's... Probably I'll wait till it's out, if I'm brutally honest. Yeah, that's right. It's like, I trust the developers to be making something great. And yeah. 
trailer looked promising but didn't really you know it didn't really give away enough kind of to make it to sell me completely on it um there's sims 4 dlc uh some new maps come battlefield 5 no anthem at their pre e3 event which is surprising given that's meant to be like their big game that they are supporting going forward despite its misgivings at launch but not enough to be e3 i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, but then we had the Xbox event which is probably one of the biggest events given that Sony wasn't there this year yes yeah Um, Um, I won't go through everything but I think there's a handful of big things in here and feel free to just throw out ones that you're super interested in because we were sitting talking on we were sitting talking to each other when this was on yes yeah Um, which was yeah, so um, I missed. I think I missed the first was it ten minutes of it. Yeah, you came in yeah. for. I don't know if it was even ten minutes. You missed the first few minutes. Yeah. Um. So I missed the I missed the Blair Witch game. Oh, you did miss that. Okay. Yeah. So they announced the Blair Witch game, which looks cool. Um. I don't really believe that that trailer was gameplay, but. It, it, they definitely seem to have at least named, nailed the kind of feel and the theme and stuff of it. Right. So when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is a first-person horror game and you have a video camera. Fine, that's... Tons of games are like that. That's everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point in the trailer that just has, like, you know, a guy standing there staring at the corner. And you're like, oh, this is a Blair Witch game. All right. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's shit up, just a Blair Witch game. Don't know what it's like, because as people will soon realise is a running theme with this entire event this year, they didn't really show any of the actual game. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was like a few seconds of footage in, in between all the trailer bits, but... Yeah, yes. It, it, look, it looks like it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, they announced... So, I can't remember. The, the summary I'm reading is not in order, so I don't really remember how they started. Um Oh no, they started with uh, Outer Worlds, the um, Obsidian game, the one that's like Fallout, because they bought Obsidian. Ah, right, yes. Okay. Um, Which, that game looks really cool. That looks like, they showed a lot of gameplay of that, actually, because that game is close to being out. Um, That game looks like they, it it looks like what we kind of thought it was anyway, which is like Obsidian wanted to make a new Vegas 2 but didn't want to work with Bethesda again and so mm-hmm. instead of making Fallout New Vegas 2 they have made their own sci-fi Fallout game and it looks good cool um, Game Pass came to PC it's like 4 quid a month yes I subscribed to it, downloaded a bunch of games played Lego Forza Horizon with you um, yes. They announced Lego Forza Horizon, which is yes <laughs> DLC for her Forza Horizon Four that adds Lego cars and the Lego area. And it I was just came out of, today as we yeah uh, yeah just came out today. I was kind of a bit skeptical of it to start with. Like we were sitting talking about it. Like my favorite thing about the Hot Wheels, you know, expansion for three was that because it's Hot Wheels, it naturally has these big 
orange plastic ramps everywhere that connect up yes, and do loop yeah. loops and stuff and the effect of just the sun shining through these plastic ramps look really cool and i really liked it and uh, nothing in that trailer for that game really sold me on them doing something similar with lego having now played it for a bit i really like what they've done with lego stuff yes it's um it's more elaborate than the hot wheel stuff for sure yeah um um, so yeah. I yeah I'm the, I'm curious to play a little bit more of it because we were just uh, I played the the sort of introduction to it and then you jumped on and we were basically running around the place and ramming <laughs> into things <laughs> ramming <laughs> into <laughs> each other it was <laughs> yeah spinning donuts knocking Lego bricks everywhere yeah um, that was it was quite good best part about it is definitely that they added the new radio station to the game called Awesome oh, Radio God. that just plays <laughs> everything is awesome on loop which is yeah. Th- like a bad joke I would make, but they put it into a video game. So but what's, good on what's them. really what's really cool about it though, I don't know if you noticed, is that the song will end and then they'll get one of the DJs to come on. And it's <laughs> and like they sound, they a... sound exhausted. <laughs> or <laughs> at least they, the one they, that I heard was. Well the the, the one that I heard uh, is that the guy comes on and he's like, Glad you guys are having a great time here at the Lego Speed Challenge thing. Here's a song that nobody's heard before. It's everything is awesome. And the song plays yeah. again. I think he's got a few different deliveries because the one that came off for me, he sounded like exhausting. He's like, all right, I'm going to play a song and no one's heard it before. Let's go. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, that's good. Um, oh, excellent. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm way into that. The Xbox Game Pass uh, also got a bit of an upgrade. So they've yeah. now created the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, I think is what they're calling it. And basically what it is, is if you're on Xbox One, you get uh, live, so you Xbox mm-hmm. Live Gold, you get Game Pass, and you also get Game Pass for the PC, so you get everything. Yeah. And it's uh, here in the UK, I think it's... 11 pound 10.99 or something like that i think they also yes. said that some of the games will come with like the premium versions of the game like they said that for gears 5 they said like if you're on yes the ultimate version you will get the gears of war or gears 5 premium edition or whatever which is basically yeah. the version that gets you four days early yeah and you get all the dlc and all of that nonsense yeah. as well which is kind of cool That's... so smart yeah um, so i i signed up for that because you were getting the first month free i uh, sorry not for free for a pound yeah. or a dollar in the states and which i thought was quite good because i had just uh i was paying for my xbox live monthly anyway um yeah. and two days ago or you know during the conference two days before the conference I had just been uh, charged for my my monthly Xbox Live, so I've ended up getting two two months for oh, a pound. My, my PS Plus just renewed, and I forgot it was on the yearly thing. And it just came out, and it's like, by the way, here's like fifty quid off your ass. Just... Yeah, uh, yeah. It was I a video game. Yeah, it's an entire video game. <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, went back to PlayStation Plus. My PlayStation is still the main place I play multiplayer games. I don't really use my Xbox. But I can understand. Um, Um, I'll I'll go back to it at one point. uh... Uh, They announced... They announced a game called Spiritfarer, which is like a little indie game where you seem to be like 
building a little a big houseboat thing and uh-huh. animal people live with you and they had the most adorable trailer that's like you know learn to you know care for these people learn to have fun with these people and then then but just goes learn to say goodbye and it's like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> this game's going to make me sad isn't it um but it looks cool that game's coming cool. out on Switch as well, though, so I'll probably buy it there. All uh, right, okay. PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Although, I will say, all of the games... All, they said that all of the indie games... I'm not sure if Blair Witch fell under this, but all the indie games they announced will be coming to Game Pass Day 1 as well. Yes, yeah. Which is cool. So, yeah, Sparrowfair will just be on Game Pass. They didn't specify whether that means PC and the Xbox One Game Pass, because they're two separate things now. But yeah, I would assume it means both. You would, you'd imagine if it is a multi-platform game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they announced Tales of Arise, which is a new Tales of game. I've never played yes. any of the Tales of games, but it, it looks yeah. like anime. Yeah, same. Uh, I'm just trying to. It was Scavengers. I think I didn't see that. Uh, I missed because uh, I came in late so i'm not too sure what that was i don't remember what that was um and i'm just looking kingdom hearts 3 uh dlc for that launches this winter yeah that was announced uh like it was like a kingdom hearts thing before oh god i've got audio on i'm so trying to look at this trailer see what scavenger does because i legitimately do not remember it Um, right but then i realized that my ipad has Audio on it. Whoops. Um, yeah, the Kingdom Hearts thing was announced at like a Kingdom Hearts concert beforehand. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if this scavengers thing was at the Microsoft conference because I don't remember seeing it. Maybe I just forgot. Um, uh-huh. It was cool though. It was a survival game. Um, uh, they showed a new trailer for Ori and the Willy, uh, the Willy, <laughs> the Will of the Wisps. Again, <laughs> the Willy of the Wisps. Um. <laughs> That looks cool. Uh, RPG Time: The Legend of Wright looked really cool. It was like a yep. a paper crafty kind of RPG with some real good fake Dragon Quest music over it. Um, that looks really cool. Psychonauts Two got a new trailer, and they announced that they bought Double Fine. Yes, yeah, that was quite uh, quite cool. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, it's that thing where it's it's Double Edged Swords where. I am split on it because I really like Double Fine. I like most of Double Fine's games. Yeah. But they've always kind of had that kind of like indie cred about them where they've, you know, pu- helped publish some other smaller indie games and, you know, they've been very self-funded and stuff like that. And so it's kind yep. of sad to see them be bought by what is basically the biggest name in, you know, Yeah, the big the band. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, now that they have a high budget... Hope you're listening, Tim Schafer. Listen to me now. Bro Legend 2. <laughs> do, do you got the money now? Quite possibly. Jack Black has a exploding gaming YouTube career. Also, if you, if you don't watch Jack Black's gaming YouTube videos, you should. They're really good. <laughs> um... Uh... There was a, a game, it's kind of like an interactive thriller called 12 Minutes. 
Yes. Which so this I this was announced a while ago. But <laughs> yeah. it went silent for ages. Yeah, and then they kind of re-announced it during this conference. Uh huh. Um, I really like the look of this. So yeah, it's it got really the. Cool. It's one of those sort of time travel things where something happens and then you go back over again. I don't know if the if it's time travel or. But it's that kind of idea where you're doing the same thing over yeah. again. Like the trailer literally starts. Things. The trailer literally starts with like a man and a woman sitting at a table and the man explaining exactly what the woman's about to say. Yeah. Um, it's like that, the, the diner scene from Groundhog Day. Yes. Yeah. So, really, uh, I, I like the look of that. Unrelated um, or vaguely related, uh, but free advertising for Cineworld. Cineworld are doing a event some point soon where they're oh, doing yes. Groundhog Day and <laughs> yeah. they've called it uh, uh, a double a, Bill a, Murray a double but, Bill Murray and what? but they're God. just showing Groundhog Day twice back to back yes <laughs> when I saw that I was sitting looking at the thing I was like so what else are they showing other than Groundhog Day like what's what are the two Bill Murray movies it's like no it's just Groundhog Day twice so I'm yeah I, that, that it took good. me a second to get the joke <laughs> well, I thought that is, that is excellent I was tempted to get so, tickets to that. Um, yes. Yes. Um, Fantasy Star Online 2, which is, came out in Japan in like, I don't know, 1973. Yeah. Um, finally coming out here, which is good. Yep. I say here, they wouldn't confirm it's coming to Europe, but it's coming out in America. <laughs> yeah. Um, Battletoads? They're doing another Battletoads game? Yeah. For some I... reason. It's a weird thing, Battletoads. If you listen to American gaming podcasts and stuff like that, that game seems to have a lot of reverence in the states, and I don't know why I didn't. I, yeah, no, it's I a never bad game. Yeah, <laughs> it's I. A, it's a bad game. I never rated it, it's so it's. But you know, each their own. That's fair enough. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator is eventually was... coming. Yeah secretly the biggest announcement like they bring him back flights him and it's coming to consoles it's good well i mean it could be good but <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. It's good. um yeah it looked good the trailer they showed looked real nice yeah. uh i'm skimming through we are just jumping around this list so this is we are, very yeah. difficult actually that's my fault <laughs> but um but, but they announced most of this stuff like first half of the event um, yeah, they showed. Oh, I'm trying to think what else they showed. They showed that new Dragon Ball Z game that looks really cool. Yes, uh, uh, and then they showed a trailer for Cyberpunk. Which, yeah, so this is where I came into the the conference. Um, this is a good time to jump in. Yes, they so showed it. Watch it yeah. watching it, and it was quite good. And you get the full trailer, and then it comes up with the title Cyberpunk. And then it's like a an extra bit that adds, and it's got yeah, a character. Yeah, because like right right before the the cut to the title, the main character like gets shot, and like then yes. fade to black. Title comes up, and then yeah, the after credits bit is some shadowy figure going get back up on your feet, samurai. We got say to burn, and it pans over, and it's just fucking Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the the uh, the next minute, you know, the, the camera came back and you could see the auditorium. 
and through a smoke-filled entrance, Keanu Reeves comes out on stage, and the place yeah. just kind of erupted, and it was <laughs> it was mental. <laughs> and he was just this he was ha- just as happy to see them as they were to see him, and yeah. it, it was really really sweet. I mean, the Keanu Reeves is still one of the you know the nicest people in Hollywood, and he was so. He was just so happy to be there and talk to these people about this game. He, he definitely and, seemed very genuinely excited to be there. Which, yes, like you, yeah. you get a lot of these like celebrity appearances and stuff like that. Press not so much anymore, but I'm sure like those of us that watch all these remember things like when they got they got Paleon for one of the EA ones. Yeah, um, and he just sat and ranted for like twenty minutes about nothing. It's like, why is this in the middle of your conference? <laughs> Remember the time they got Peter Jackson to come out on stage for one of yeah. them, and Steven Spielberg came out for one was of them. And... James Cameron that was on the Ubisoft one that again was oh, there God. for a long yes. time, like just it yeah. was the whole conference after that point, and yes. none of them felt like they really wanted to be there. They were there to advertise a thing, basically. Um, Kennedy seemed like he was just fucking enjoying how much the crowd were happy to see him, and he was very energetic and very much like. Someone in the crowd yelled out, uh, he, well, he said the game was breathtaking, and someone yelled out, you're breathtaking, and he goes, you're breathtaking, you're all breathtaking. Um, CD Projekt Red said they were giving a free copy of the collector's edition to the game uh, of the game to the person that yelled that, which is yes, pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was great. It's one of the few times that this kind of like celebrity appearance at a press conference has worked that well. I almost feel bad for... Um, uh, what's his name? Bethes- the, the Punisher. Oh yeah, um, I forget his name now. Uh, Jordan Berenthal. Ber- uh, Baron something. Yeah. Like um, who? I mean, his his segment. We'll get to it. But his segment in the Ubisoft conference was fine. Like there was nothing wrong with it. Like he also seemed like he was enjoying being there. But he wasn't Keanu Reeves, you know. So yes, yeah, and to follow that up, not directly, it was different conferences, but to follow that was, yeah. Um, but then the conference really went downhill for me, um, and I feel like we were talking about it at the time, and I feel like you and Nathan both felt the same way as well, which is, they then showed Gears Five, and by showed yeah. Gears Five, I mean they said this game's coming out in September, and early September will show you the campaign. And then announced... they showed, yeah, this kind of weird horde. It wasn't. It's not horde mode. It's a new mode called escape. Yeah, it's like we were trying to, you know, go through areas really quickly, carrying a thing. Which people press got to play on the show floor and stuff like that. And I've not yeah. really heard much positive about it. Um, oh right. But at the conference, it was very much like, "What is this?" Like you didn't really explain what this is. You just show the trailer. It doesn't really. Yeah, and they they built like this labyrinth underneath the stage, so it opens up and the camera goes underneath. Yeah. And it was, it was bizarre. It was uh, an odd choice. And um, th- they had these, uh, like, we're gonna have these celebrities, and who was it they had? Was it? wrestlers or oh yeah it was three wrestlers to be fair they're, they're not also not just celebrities because they have a gaming youtube channel as well um but yeah they're a bunch of wrestlers it was tyler breeze xavier woods and aj styles who all are on oh i forget them the youtube channel but they have a youtube channel together right um but yeah they're also yeah. wrestlers 
but yeah, that, so that was a, a bit bizarre. Um, the I've we've already spoke about it, but I like the reveal. The the horizon, the Lego Horizon pack, yeah. because the you know the, the part of the stage opened up and you could see the car in smoke, yeah. and Kieran and myself were joking. Year. Yeah, it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's new Forza. And uh, he came out and he, the new pack and they played the video. And at that point, you didn't... Stage was made of Lego. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that was, was quite really cool. Um, that was quite good. Uh, I'm just looking... From software, uh, they showed... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the trailer for Elden Ring. Yeah, that looks all right. Oh no! It, it didn't really do much for me. I didn't do much for me. So this is the this is the game that's uh, created by I'm gonna butcher his name, George R R Martin. No, <laughs> <laughs> Miyazaki. Uh, Miyazaki and yeah. Miyazaki. Uh, George yeah, Miyazaki is the the From Software president, and he yeah. fronted the first Dark Souls. I think Bloodborne. Maybe Dark Souls three? I forget. Basically he he has fronted like he brought I don't know if you remember, but From Software used to be this company that made a bunch of not great games, but you know, good games with some good ideas, but sometimes they didn't play super great, that kind of thing. Um like Kingsfield back in the PS1 or Cookie and Cream or mm-hmm. 3D Dot Game Heroes was a From game. Um, oh yeah. And since Miyazaki kind of started changing how the company ran, they have been making like hit after hit. Like they've made three Dark Souls games that have all been really well received, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro, and he has like fronted. He's been like the main designer and stuff like that on um, some of the most well received of those games. So him going, this is my new game. Also, George R. R. Martin was here. So, this will be good. Fills me with like hope that it's going to be really good, but then also the trailer did nothing for me. It was just a CG trailer with some world building stuff, and it looked cool, but it's it didn't really do anything for me. No, no, it didn't do anything for me at all. Um, I bet the game really... will for me at least, but I, I yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, other than that, what else did the uh, they their new console stuff, sort of. Yeah, that was uh, really underwhelming. That was yeah. It was the same as when they they did the announcement for the Xbox One X. You know, they had all of these, you know, yeah. Microsoft bods coming up and going, "This is the most powerful thing we've ever done. It's really it's going to blow your mind." And the statements they were saying about this new Project Scarlet thing were almost the exact same things they said about Xbox One X. You know, yeah. we we we've never really seen. As well the second time. Yeah, so it's like, okay, right, you've got a new console, well done. But that's it. There was no no like details. They needed, they needed like a tech demo or something. They needed something to be able to show. Here's how it looks. Here's how things look. Yeah, yeah it's not coming out for another year and a half. Like they did give a rough date. They said like it's coming end of twenty twenty. Yeah. So. But- yeah. Why not just come out on stage and say, just to let you know, our new console, we're working on it, it's coming soon. 
Yeah. Or and if you do this video, do it like a couple of minutes. This was literally five minutes long. Yeah. And it's like, you've given me absolutely nothing here. I feel like... I think I said this to you already, and I've said it to Nathan as well. Um, I think it would have went over much better if Sony hadn't just dropped the specs of the PS5 in like a random magazine article like two months ago. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because they're basically the same specs. Or at least the Sony ones were vague enough that they sound like basically the same specs. Uh -huh. Because Microsoft came out and were like, okay, we've got a custom-made CPU for AMD. It's based on their Navi architecture. And they went into a bit more detail about, let's got this, this, and this. But... Custom CPU from AMD using Navi architecture is exactly what Sony said like two months ago. Um, mm -hmm. They were like, oh, we've got this like custom uh, SSD setup that will let us load games incredibly fast to basically get rid of loading times entirely. And it's like, Sony said that two months ago and then also showed a video of Spider-Man loading really quickly. Like, they, they, did, they got ahead of you a couple months ago. Maybe using a five-minute video to explain this without showing any of it doesn't really work <laughs> when Sony did that in a random magazine article two months ago. Yeah. Um, bizarre. I'm sure it'll be uh, good, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, they then proceeded to finish the conference with, surprise, surprise, Halo. Oh, yeah. That was a fucking... Speaking of bad trailers... <laughs> Uh, it wasn't even just... trailer, it was gameplay technically, but like as much as I'm complaining about there being not enough gameplay of things in this this conference or all the conferences this year really, except for maybe Nintendo's the the choice of going, hey, you know the bit at the start of a Halo game where they ask you to look up at the light, down at the light, left <laughs> yeah. at the light, and right at the light. What if that's what we showed at E3 and nothing else? It's like, well then it'd be boring as fuck. It's just a, yeah. They I just, showed Master Chief having a conversation with someone, and then that was it. Is it just me? I is Halo even relevant anymore? I still like some of the Halo games. No, I, I've got I've got the games passed now, so I might download a couple of them to play. Yeah, and, but I'm I waiting just... for they're bringing Master Chief Collection to PC, and I'm going to replay Halo Reach. I don't know if I'll play any others, but I really like Halo Reach, so I'll probably play that. Right. But if this new one is good, I will play it. That's... But it's that was not a good choice of thing to show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was basically the Microsoft entire conference. It was cool. fine. I, I, as a conference, I think it was okay. I get lost at Steam when Gears 5 came out because the stuff they had to show was bad. And they showed it in the worst possible way where they had this, like, they brought someone out to talk about it showed a really brief trailer that didn't really show anything, had him talk about something else, showed another brief trailer that didn't show anything, and then was like, by the way, there's some wrestlers under the stage, and then left. And it's like, what? What was any of that? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and then the Scarlet stuff was also really not great. Um, but yeah, that was the Microsoft stuff. It was overall a good conference, but not the best. No, not no. The one of the better ones this year but that's maybe because it was a weak year overall I feel like <laughs> I was surprised not to hear more about their console I was surprised not to hear more about their streaming stuff 
because they talked mm-hmm. about it a tiny little bit, but not not much. Um, I do appreciate. I watched um, Giant Bomb do their night interview things with uh, people every year, and they got Phil Spencer on the couch to talk to them, and he did explicitly mention like we didn't make a big deal about the being able to because one of the things they announced was that you can stream directly from your own console as well as through their whole cloud service. Right. And, and he said, like, something that makes me appreciate Phil Spencer because I feel like he very much doesn't uh, have PR people for interviews like the Giant Bomb one. Because he said, I didn't want to make a big deal about being able to stream from the console because Sony has had remote play for fucking years. And it's like, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. If there was a PR guy sitting back, back there going, no, no, we have to act like this is brand new. What are you doing? No. Um, but yeah it was that was pretty neat Um, but yeah then Bethesda's conference happened Um, this was this one was all over the place as well Uh, Elder Scrolls Blade has come to Switch which is that mobile game that came out earlier this year and was bad it was bad Um, take your word for it it's coming to Switch uh, Fallout 76 is getting DLC that adds NPCs, which is hilarious. <laughs> Given they were like, hey, we released a Fallout game without NPCs, and it's like, that's a bad idea. And it turns out a year later, they were like, oh no, you're right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that's the thing people want in their RPGs. Who knew? Who could have possibly foreseen this? <laughs> um, uh, I'm just going through this one in order. I don't think it's the order it came in, but I don't. The Bethesda order doesn't really matter as much as the Microsoft one. I don't think. Um, yeah. Ghostwire Ghostwire Tokyo by Tango GameWorks, which was uh, it's going to be a supernatural kind of horrorish game. They said it's right. going to be an action adventure game. Uh, Tango GameWorks are the people that made uh, The Evil Within, The Evil Within Two. All right. Okay. They showed a CG trailer for it. It looks really cool, but again, it was a CG trailer, so they didn't show a gameplay or anything. Um, so who knows how it plays? But setting the tone and theme and stuff like that through. Uh, um, that's the thing that I will give benefit of doubt to Bethesda for the two CG trailers they showed in this is that neither of them really gave a good, clear idea of how the game played. But they both very much set up like the theme and kind of um, the environment of what the game would be like, which at least right. is something. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo looks really cool. It's if you like The Evil Within, I definitely recommend watching the trailer for it. Cool. Um, they they're bringing back Commander Keen. Okay. You know, one of the first id Software games. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a mobile game. It looks really, really bad. It's like, oh, I don't know how it plays, but the trailer for it looks... Uh, they they killed Commander Keen. They brought him back to life just to kill him again. Um, <laughs> Rage 2 is getting an expansion. That's something I didn't talk about. I played a bunch of Rage 2. That game's not very good. Um, it's getting an expansion, though. So, that's the thing. Uh... Wolfenstein Young Blood got a new trailer. I was called it Young Blood, but that's just because it's almost midnight. Um, yeah, that game continues to look fucking good. 
That's the spin-off of the Wolfenstein games where you play as BJ Blazkowicz's twin daughters who go to Paris to try and find him and murder a bunch of Nazis. Oh, okay. Um, it looks really good. Um, Arcane Leon, which is the, the the company that made uh, Dishonored and Dishonored 2, and it was their new game, which is called Deathloop. Uh, it's an FPS, but they didn't really show anything else other than a trailer, which again set up the theme really well. It's a game, like primarily seems to be about uh, a man and a woman that are stuck in a, a time loop. It's Groundhog Day, um, but they're trying to kill each other because they both believe that killing each other will end the loop. Um, All right, okay. It seems really cool. The trailer is really good. I look forward to seeing what that game is like because I like their other games. Like the Sonard games are really good, so it'll be cool to see them do something different. Cool. Um, they show Doom Eternal announced the release date, which is November twenty second, which is not what this article says. Whoever wrote this article or this forum thread that says November twenty second should be fired out of cannon. Um. But yeah, it comes out November 22nd. They showed a trailer. They showed some more gameplay and stuff as well. It looks really good. I really like that last Doom game a lot. And this one looks fucking phenomenal as well. Cool. Um, yeah. In hindsight, this entire conference, not really a mic conference given everything is first person. Um, which is not really your jam. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I can't remember what else they announced. This thing we're reading actually mixes in a bunch of other stuff um i don't know if there's anything else at the bethesda conference they didn't announce anything new from skyrim or or not skyrim elder scrolls or uh the sci-fi game they announced last year um right <clears throat> they announced an expansion for elder scrolls online but who cares about that um but yeah it's that it was it was a conference it was fine Bethesda do this thing in their conferences where they keep showing videos of their employees talking about how much they love working at Bethesda, and it's weird. Um, mm -hmm. It takes up a lot of the conference, and I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Um, it's not listed on here specifically, but the Devolver conference happened after this. Yes, yeah. And that was possibly my favourite conference of the whole event because it's so good. <laughs> well, it's not really a conference, is it? It's a it's a video. <laughs> it was a direct this year. Um, yes, yeah. I mean, if we count Nintendo Directs as conferences, we can count these. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, for people who don't know, Devolver do a kind of parody every year of actual, like, publisher conferences and devolver is like a, a publisher of indie games um yeah and they do this kind of parody of the big budget uh conferences every single year they've done two of them before this this is third one and they have like really stupid sketches around them they're really funny they have um uh host nina something um i can't remember her surname uh, which is not her real name either because it's all script and stuff. Yeah, um, she's an actress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a character. She's in um, Phantom Doctrine, I think. The, the game, oh, right. That strategy game that Ben liked. Um, 
It's either that or Phoenix Point. I get those two games confused a lot. She's in one of those. Um, but yeah, like, they do these big sketches, these elaborate sketches, but then they do also announce games at these things as well. So this year they parodied the Nintendo Direct format. And by parodied, I mean they stole the graphics directly out of Nintendo Directs from the looks of it. Um, yes, yeah. And it was very funny. And they announced a collection of bootleg games that ripped off their own games. Uh, the Devolver bootleg collect. I don't know if it's called collection or bundle or whatever. They, they I, I think it was just a Devolver bootleg, is it? Devolver bootlegs. Yeah. Um, I bought it, actually, and played some of it. It's really good. All right, uh, cool. So it has parodies of... I don't have it open. Uh, Enter the Gungeon. Yeah. Enter yeah. the Gungeon, which the parody of it is just called Enter the Gun Dungeon. Um, yeah. There was a parody of... There was a parody... So this is made by a company called Doinksoft that recently just released a game called Gato Roboto. Which is a Metroid clone where you play as a robot in a mech suit. There's a parody of that in it called Castlevania, which is Castlevania, uh, but you play as a cat, and instead of going into a mech suit, they go into a suit of armor. And <laughs> it does the ghosts and goblins thing of, you know, in ghosts and goblins or girls and ghosts, where when you get hit, you lose your armor and you're walking around in boxers. Yes. It does that, but when the cat loses the armor, instead of just turning back into a cat, it has this giant muscular body underneath. It's so good. <laughs> um, and also, the game just plays really good as well. This thing. Um, there's Hotline Milwaukee, which is parody of Hotline Miami. Yeah. Um, Ape Out Jr., which is parody of Ape Out. There was uh, Luftrousers, which is just Luftrousers with a typo. And right. I think there was another one on it. I can't remember. But it's a collection of really good games. Um, there are parodies like of other games that Devolver has published. They're all very good. Recommend it. It's like a five on Steam or something like that. It's on sale for 1% off at the moment. They sell oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> they announced uh, an arcade cabinet that you could buy for like five grand if you're interested in. And yes, yeah. Nathan probably will somehow. Um because it's a parody, it's not even a parody, it's a spin-off of Enter the Gungeon. But... Uh, yeah, it's Enter the Gungeon with a House of the Dead. Yeah. It's Which a cool. House of the Dead clone, but it's yeah. uh, Enter the Gungeon themed. Which I hope means that they're going to do a typing of the dead clone of it, because <laughs> I will buy that, because I love typing the dead. Um, oh, I can't remember what else they announced. It's not actually on this list. I just remembered it. That's why I brought it up. Because, uh, like, one of them... Oh, though, ironically, I forgot the only one that's on this list, uh, which is Carrion, which is a horror game where you play as the monster. Oh, yeah. That looked quite good. Yeah, I'm quite interested in that. So you play as this, like, big flesh monster thing that eats things and gets bigger and is chasing down people in a space station. It looks cool. Um, but, yeah, that conference was really good. Uh, there was the PC conference, which I didn't watch, but it had Vampire the Masquerade at it, so it was probably good. Right. Yeah, I didn't watch um, it at all. Yeah, so we could probably skip that. Oh, they announced the one thing that we both would probably care about from that is they announced uh, Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Yes, yeah. The fourth of the Zombie Army games, which looks cool. I will definitely play that. 
I like those games a lot. Uh, then the Ubisoft conference happened. Yes. Which I... It was definitely one of those conferences where it, you realized it was a gap year because they announced um, a new like story mode uh, tool for Assassin's Creed Odyssey that lets you make stories, which is kind of cool. Probably yeah. look into that a bit. Because um, the thing that Odyssey needed was more content. That game is massive. Um, they announced Watchdog Le- Watch. Oh my god, Watchdogs Legion, which is the third yes. Watchdogs game set in a post-Brexit London, which I was skeptical of because Jesus Christ, um, but it looks really cool. They showed quite a long yeah. gameplay demo of it. Um, like kudos to Ubisoft, they showed gameplay of their new game. Yes, yeah, and they showed quite a lot. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't too sure what they were going to show. So they end up uh, they're showing you this character and he's on a mission. He needs to follow somebody and he, you know, try and recruit him to the cause. Mm-hmm. And you go, right, okay. And you pick up that, okay, this looks like the, the Watchdogs world, but we're not 100% sure. But they're playing the guy playing the game is playing quite badly because the the player's taking damage it's like duck why are you not ducking i'm shouting at the tv and uh Anne was watching it with me as well she was shouting at the tv as well <laughs> and i thought they're obviously doing it for a reason and the yeah. character then dies and it comes across the screen you know permadeath and they then switch to that character's gone never to be seen again and they switch to another character and the the whole thing that they're trying to show us is that in this open world, you can recruit anyone to your cause, yeah. and you can switch and play to them. And each character that you recruit and find has their own backstory and their own origin story that you play through. Mm-hmm. And, and something that they talked about afterwards, because I was listening to I think it was the Waypoint podcast where they got to play this. Um, or right. I, I can't remember if they played it themselves or if they saw a gameplay like saw someone play in front of them but they explained also that characters will have like relationships to each other yes. and so for example you might recruit someone who is the brother of someone else in the world and if you kill that person's brother in the world then that brother you recruited is going to be less happy about it and might leave the organisation um, if you recruit like lawyers then if one of your guys because you can instead of getting killed you might get arrested yes and while a guy is arrested they're in jail and you can't play as that character for a bit but you can get them out earlier if you have lawyers recruited to your group or if you break yeah. in and hack the systems to get them a, lead, a lighter sentence and it all seems really cool and there's other factions that all have like relationships with each other so if you piss off one faction and people in your group are kind of, you know, uh, friends with people in that faction, that will impact how it all works. It's It sounds very elaborate, and I'll be interested to see how well it works in the game. Yes, yeah, same. But the gameplay they showed also just looked really cool. On a surface level of, well, they switched to playing as this woman that, you know, had a bit more... I don't know if it's specifically just the way of playing or if it's the character, 
was a bit more um, parkoury. So she was doing a lot yeah. kind of like climbing up stuff, a bit more Assassin's Creedy kind of stuff. Yeah, and then so the the other thing as well was that throughout the demo they were playing there's the it's like an AI system. Yeah. He's uh, kind of like a, a Jeeves, like a butlery type character. I forgot what his name Bagsley. Bagsley. Was it? Yeah, something Bagsley. Like Bagley. And, Bagley. Um, oh, yeah, something like that. And he's talking. And I really I liked him as, as a character because um, he starts slagging off the, the parkour character. And, <laughs> um, so I don't know if she was auto, the, the player was making the character do the parkour moves and the rolling and stuff. But, you know, the, the gun, there's somebody firing a gun at her and she goes from one part of the, you know, from one part of cover to the other and she rolls and then she jumps up and rolls over something else. And he says, does the rolling help? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he was full of little quips to yeah. all the other characters that played as well. I'll be and interested to that... see how much of that's in the game because he also kept yes. referring to her by name, which yeah, if you could, if you could play as every car, every NPC in the game, getting mm. the audio synced up in a way that you can just insert any of those names seems hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's my other uh, thing that I'm curious about as well is that you so you can play as any character you can recruit anyone how mm. many characters or how many npcs are in the game that's the that's the other question because yeah. if there's only 50 characters well that's fine yeah there has to be i think technically there could be infinite because i think they're procedurally generally generated it's not from what i understand like for example uh what i was talking about characters that are brothers with each other and stuff like that that's generated on the point that you like interact with that npc not at the point where they are a person on the street walking around if that makes right sense. Uh, so okay. they, they could they could theoretically have as many as they want because they can keep making more so yeah, you could but, go around kill everyone in the streets and they would generate more yeah but you still have voice actors that voice these characters they all have separate backgrounds and separate origin stories there will be I assume that some of that will be repeated eventually. They would just need to have a right. Like I'm right, sure you'll so have you... multiple old women that sound the same. Ah, uh, right. So whereas I, I recruit uh, a, a a Caucasian male whose name is Brody and he drives a black pickup. You're gonna pick. You're gonna recruit a character who is a different ethnicity and but is the same voice and the same story yeah that might happen or right. um, they might be different classes or something like that is all oh, right okay. so it might be this guy's a hacker or this guy's a lawyer or whatever that kind of stuff um but again this is only going on like third hand information from what they said uh, from yes, what a podcast yeah, yeah. said about what people said to them um yeah i'm very interested much more than i have been watchdogs for a while um I yeah don't really like i to a lot but i never really got into it same um, here i was the same as you it was like i played the first one i i think i reviewed it from either I, our site or calm down tom and yeah. i was yeah i've it was okay and then two came out and it's like ah, i'm not really too bothered yeah but yeah i'm really back like on to, but yeah i don't know yeah um 
what else? It's announced for P uh, PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Stadia, which is a thing that they talked about a bunch. Stadia is Google's streaming service that is coming. Ah, right, okay. Um, which they announced before E3. Uh, uh, Adventure Time is coming to Brawlhalla. It's a crossover event that's out now where you can play some of the Adventure Time characters. Um, yes. Brawlhalla yeah. is like a free-to-play Smash Brothers clone. Um, yeah. It's good. It's just one of those games that would be easier to recommend if Nintendo hadn't like just brought out arguably the best Smash Brothers game last year. Yes. Um, yeah. Ghost Recon Breakpoint got three trailers. Um, yeah. I think they showed all three of them on the conferences, at least two of them. I can't remember. And again, they brought John Barathol and his dog, which was adorable. Um, yes. Yeah. Out to talk about it a bit. That game looks... I don't know. I liked Wildlands. I'll probably get it, but not, yeah, nothing about I'm, the story in Tom Clancy games ever interests me. No. I bet the game will be fine, though. It looks like more Wildlands. They didn't show any <laughs> gameplay, though. Unless I'm misremembering. I'm pretty sure all the trailers were just CG. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was all... Yeah, it was all CG. There was no physical yeah. gameplay. Which is yeah, weird because they've showed gameplay of it before. Um, yeah, because they, the gameplay that they did show shortly after that was all Rainbow Six stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, so they showed Rainbow Six Siege. They were talking up, up about like, oh, we've got all this, you know, uh, we're doing really well, we're doing blah, blah, etc., etc., doing gangbusters. And they announced uh, Rainbow Siege Quarantine, which is... Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, sorry, which is basically Rainbow Six Siege, but it's a three-player PvE game instead of a um, PvP multiplayer game. Uh-huh. Um, apparently there's a demo on Uplay now. Actually. Oh, no, sorry, I'm misreading that. Something else. Um, it's coming out starting next year for PC, Xbox One, PS4. It's like a three-player co-op thing. It looks cool, but again, it was a CG trailer <laughs> of someone yeah. holding their arm up while it was like infected by something. Yes. Um, it looked slightly supernatural, which is kind of weird for a Rainbow Six game. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm at that point where I kind of don't care too much about competitive multiplayer games very much, with a few exceptions. Uh-huh. But everything I've seen about Rainbow Six Siege, I'm like, man, that looks like really a lot of fun to play. So if this co-op stuff like manages to nail that feeling, then I will happily pick this up and play it. Um, they announced a free-to-play game called Roller Champions, which is like a roller derby thing mixed with Rocket League. Oh, yeah, this looks seriously underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it looked like they wanted it to look good. It looks okay, Yeah, but it's just that it, it was so filled with this kind of like, we're going to be the biggest free-to-play thing ever energy, when it was like, oh, you're probably not, though. Um it seemed alright, yeah, they showed again a trailer for it that I think had some gameplay in it if I remember right but it was I, I don't know I, I don't need another Rocket League I don't even play yeah. Rocket League that much anymore and Roller Derby's not really not really an exciting <laughs> twist on that <laughs> um, they announced new stuff for Division 2 Mm -hmm. They're adding a raid, they're adding new locations you can go to, like you can go back to New York, you can go to the Pentagon, 
that kind of stuff. That seems really cool. I've not played much of Division 2, but I need to play more of it because that game is really good. Um, they're adding a spectator mode to For Honor and also uh, Ghost Samurai Lady of some kind. Uh, they announced Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is a 5v5 like multiplayer free-to-play mobile game that looks like um, that Clash Royale game but Tom Clancy. Right. It looks bad. Um, yes, yeah. I, I saw people referring to it as Clash of Clancy, which was that's pretty sad. <laughs> um, I like that. They announced what else they announced? They announced that they're doing Uplay Plus, which is a subscription service, fourteen ninety nine a month, and you will get all the Ubisoft games that are out just now, plus new ones as they come out every whenever Ubisoft releases games. Uh starting cool. in September on PC, Stadia next year. It seems quite expensive for what it is personally. I think fourteen ninety nine a month is pricey for the amount of Ubisoft games I play. Um, but hey, if you're really into Ubisoft games, it makes sense. They brought out um, uh, Rob McKelleny from It's All Sunny in Philadelphia to yeah talk about his new TV show, which that could have went really bad, but it seemed like he he genuinely seemed to come out and be like, "Look, I don't know about this stuff," so. We talked to Ubisoft a bunch so we can figure out how to do this properly because we know you guys would eat us alive otherwise. Here's the trailer. Yeah. And the trailer was all right. I, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't convinced either way on the back of the trailer. But yeah. like, you, like you said, you need to admire that it, they've came out and they've said, look, we've worked with Ubisoft to, you know, to get a, a proper representation of it we are making fun but it's all in good you know they, yeah. they kind of justified it and so it seems it to go over well but yeah yeah it makes sense that they partnered it. with ubisoft for it because the stuff that they were the jokes they were making in that that trailer reminded me of the jokes that ubisoft made in assassin's creed 4 and the out of animus stuff where you were inside a game studio uh-huh. So it yeah. That. So it makes sense they would do that. Um, it looked, yeah. I I seem like I I am interested in it because of who's making it and the trailer, the the clip they showed was good enough. But it wasn't really. If I didn't know anything about who was making it and they were just like, here's the clip for the show, I'd be like, it seems okay, but probably not something I'll watch. Yes. Yeah. Um. They brought out all of the Just Dance people to dance. Yes, yeah. Um, I actually, I liked it this year because they've now got to the point where they're they're making fun of it now. Yeah, you know, they, they had like an intro video where they're just <laughs> super serious about it. Like, this is, this is our time. Yeah, um, we've been doing this for years. It's expected. We're going to go out and we're going to... And then they all came out and danced, and I thought, you know what, fair play. They've taken years and years of stick, you know, for yeah. doing it every time. It is and... genuinely, unironically, one of my favourite parts of their conference every year <laughs> is when they're bringing people out to dance. But they did a kind of, bit of little bit of a fake-out, because the last couple of years they've done it at the start of the show. 
where they've you know introduced the show with you know a bunch of dance and the music and stuff like that because it makes sense because uh-huh. people are coming in and you fill the seats with music playing. This year they started with them play an orchestra playing um, Assassin's Creed music. Yes. And so I was like, oh, I guess they're not doing the just dance thing then. I won't get to see the guy in the panda costume dancing. That's a shame. <laughs> um, but yeah, they announced the new Just Dance game as well because it's the tenth anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're doing Just Dance 2020, which I will not buy. That game is coming out in the Wii. Wow. They're releasing a Wii game in 2020. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, but apparently, um, I, I saw online, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I saw online that the reason for that is that Just Dance is used by quite a lot of like um, kind of light physiotherapy kind of things. Uh, yeah, I'd read that somewhere as well. Um, yeah. The Again, Wii, I don't the Wii know is still used, yeah. But yeah, the Wii is used for that stuff and Just Dance is light enough that it, it works quite well for that kind of thing for yeah. people that, you know, are, you know, have motor issues and stuff. So that that's pretty decent, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then they, I can't remember if we skipped it, I think we got everything. It was a bunch of Tom Clancy stuff mainly. Yeah. But they finished up with a trailer for their new game uh, from the Assassin's Creed Odyssey people called Gods and Monsters, which is a kind of action-adventure-y, cartoony-looking game. Yeah, I didn't know what to make of that. I kind of liked the trailer, but again, they didn't really show much to go off. Yeah, exactly. They they didn't really give much away. Yeah. It looks all right. But yeah, I, I look forward to seeing more of it is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, as a overall conference, I think Ubisoft was a bit dull. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it's, they, they didn't... They felt like they were on support mode. Like, they didn't announce a lot. It was a lot of just, here's our games that are currently out. We're adding more to them. Uh-huh. Because we're Ubisoft, and so we're going to have a thousand games at the launch of the new consoles, because that's what Ubisoft does. Yes, yeah. Um... You can bet that they will be at the launch of the PS5 and the Xbox 2 with a thousand <laughs> games. I mean, they're going to be there at the start of the Stadia launch. Like They're like, hey, this new platform's coming out and all our games will be there. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, then next up was the Square Enix conference. I skimmed through this one because watching yeah. it was dire. Um, right. They announced Outriders, which is a first-person shooter by People Can Fly. They didn't show any gameplay of it. It was just a CG trailer. It didn't really show anything, but it's probably all right. People People Can Fly have made lots of great games. They made them um, Painkiller and what was that one they made for Epic where you had the grappling hook and you kicked things. Oh. Um, you know what I meant off of that. You have the grappling yes. hook and you kick things and you shot things and they yes. had a combo system and it was yes. really good. Oh, God. And I'm blanking I... on the name of that. Yeah. Ugh, whatever, that game. Um, they that, made good games. That, yeah, it was really good. Um, Despite the fact that none of us can remember. <laughs> yeah, it was free on PS Plus like a couple of months ago. Um, yes, whatever, that game. Um, I seem to remember having a really... Like generic name as well is the thing. 
Uh, I'm, I, you keep talking. Somewhere. I'm having a look. Unless it's Bulletstorm. Uh, um, no, that, w- that was Bulletstorm. No. Uh, it wasn't Painkiller. It wasn't Bulletstorm. Wait, no, it was Bullet. Isn't that Bulletstorm I'm thinking of? Was it Bulletstorm? Bulletstorm. <laughs> Googling it. Yeah, Bulletstorm. That is what I was thinking of. You have like yes. a grappling hook and you pull them up and you kick people and then you blast them. Yes, head off that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game's great. Um, yes, that one. They made that. Um, anyway, they used to be owned by Epic and they're not anymore. And they are now making a new game that seems to be a first person shooter of some kind. Uh, then they announced the Avengers game that we have known has been in development for a while now and been surprised every time a conference or something has went by and they've not actually shown it. Um, it's called Marvel's Avengers it's made by Crystal Dynamics and a bunch of other Square Enix studios partnering together Um, it's a four player co-op game story driven, third person they said there's going to be no loot boxes no pay to win stuff there's going to be a beta on Playstation 4 they're going to add more content to it as it goes and they showed a trailer of it which some of it looked like it might have been in-game just from the camera angles and stuff. Right, okay. Um, the trailer was alright. I, I kind of like the look of it. It didn't blow me away. It wasn't like... It wasn't like the first time you saw that trailer for like Spider-Man at the Sony event. And yeah. you're like, holy fuck, they made a really good Spider-Man game. It was like, yeah, that looks like a licensed game, I guess. It looks better than most of them do, but not... It seems unfortunate almost that Spider-Man has set that bar so high now, but it looks, yeah. it looks fine. I would like to see some gameplay of it. Like, just some, you know, a block of gameplay. But the idea of, like, a co-op um, Avengers game that I can play with friends and stuff that isn't just, like, a Marvel Ultimate Alliance-style, you know, beat em up could be really good. But, yeah, yeah let me see. Um, they showed a bunch of the Final Fantasy VII remaster or remake, sorry. Right. Which has, I don't know. I like the look of it. Um. Yeah. I'm just. We just keep getting. You know. We know you're working on it. You've delayed it. God knows how long. We know it's going to be episodic. Just shut the fuck up and make it now. You know. Yeah. But the, to be fair, they at least showed a bunch of gameplay of it. They were like, look, I suppose, we, we yeah. realize we've been showing trailers of this for years now, but yeah. here, here's how it plays. And it's got a good kind of mix of... Like, it has the real-time combat from, like, a Final Fantasy fifteen, but then also has an active time battle system as well that kind of turns it semi-turn-based while you're mm-hmm. doing the real-time stuff, which looks... It looked like a really cool mix. I'm, I'm interested in it. It looks like it plays better than 15 at least, which is definitely a bonus for me. Um, although I didn't hate 15. I mean, I finished it. Uh, other than that, they announced a bunch of remasters. Final Fantasy VIII is coming to everything. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remastered is coming out to everything. Um, the Last Remnant remastered is out on Switch for some reason. Um, yes. Um... I like The Last Remnant. I would not replay The Last Remnant. No, no, I it's, did. I, I I liked it, but I found it. It gets very repetitive. Bit, yeah, it was a bit of a chore to play. Yeah. Um, 
they showed a handful of like indie games they're publishing. There was some weird first person shooter that isn't actually on this list, so I can't remember the name of it, but it looked bad. Um there's a new saga game coming, uh Drag Quest Builders 2 and a new expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen, which we already knew about, but they showed a trailer for it. And it looks cool. Cool. It was it was an okay conference. Again, they didn't really announce much, but they it, this conference basically existed to go. Look, we're making Avengers, and here's Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the last of the press conferences was Nintendo, where they had their yes. Nintendo Direct, like they do every year. And this honestly was my favorite of the, uh, the things this year. I think. So I was the. I was working away in Manchester when this conference came out, so I've only seen, I think I've seen about half of it now. Um, I keep watching it in segment. No. <laughs> so I've seen up to, uh, I think, the Resident Evil stuff, so probably okay. not even that much, to be fair. Well, I'm going to spoil everything for you here. No, that is fine, because I'm sitting we'll reading get, a spoiler-filled a spoiler yeah, thing here we'll anyway. We'll get live so. reactions from, like, Dragon Quest Eleven, which we already knew about, but they showed a new trailer of it. Yes. Um, yep. They showed a new trailer because they announced that the hero from Dragon Quest, which is a generic kind of player character from all the Dragon Quest games, is going to be in Smash Bros. as the next DLC. Um, and has a bunch of different costumes from his various iterations in different Dragon Quest games. Right. Uh, the Witcher 3 Complete Edition come to Switch. It's coming out this year. Has all DLCs. They showed some game, well, sort of in-engine footage. It looks rough, but probably, you know, decent if you're playing it on the portable screen. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting, because that's been rumoured for a while, but it's been like, The Witcher 3... How would you get that working on a Switch? And yes, they did it yeah. somehow. Um, the Mana collection was announced and released. It's out on the eShop now, which is a collection yeah. of Secret of Mana. The first Mana game, which I don't know what that one's called. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, um, yeah, but it's basically it's one Game Boy game and two... Super Nintendo games. Yeah. But the second Super Nintendo game never came out here before. Um, it was called whatever the Japanese name is. It's like Sinken Nugetsu or something like that. I butchered it. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, but that never yeah. came out here before. So this is the first time it's came out in English. Uh, yes. Uh, Trials of Mana. Trials of Mana. And, yeah. Um, Myst- Mystic Quest is the game by game name. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Because yeah. it was Final Fantasy over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they announced that collection and released it the same day, and it includes this Trials of Mana game that never got translated over here, and then they also announced that they're doing a full remake of that same Trials of Mana game as well, in full 3D, showed some gameplay of it, it looked real nice, uh, and those are obviously both coming to Switch, because that's on Direct. Um, cool. No More Heroes 3 got announced. We kind of knew this was coming anyway because the end of, um, I mean, spoilers for the end of the last No More Heroes game, but Travis Strikes Back, the end of it was basically a tech demo for No More Heroes 3. Yes. Um, Like it was like his model and it played like a regular No More Heroes game, but it was just an empty room. Um, It was cool. 
It was a cool trailer. It was weird. There was aliens. They had the quick time events for doing wrestling moves that those games always have. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll buy that. I like that series. It's coming next year. Uh, new trailer for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, we already knew when the release date is, but it's coming out in July. It looks really good still. Uh, they showed more of that in the Treehouse stream afterwards. Like They showed a bunch of gameplay. It looks like Fire Emblem, which is unsurprising. Uh, they had a weird live action video thing, like an advert basically for Resident Evil, and then announced that Resident Evil 5 and 6 were coming to Switch. The two Resident Evils that nobody asked for. Um, at least I didn't ask for it. Those are bad games. 6 in <laughs> particular. So, uh, people like 5, and I can understand that, but 6 is just a bad game. So I'm probably going to buy it. I'm going to try 4. I don't know if Ali has a Switch. I don't know if a friend of the show Ali has a Switch, but if he does, he, but we should play Resident Evil 6. Yes, um, yeah. They announced a new uh, remake of Panzer Dragoon out of nowhere. Like, this one didn't even leak. It was never rumoured. It was just like, by the way, also, we're remaking Panzer Dragoon. Which, right. That game's great, so I'll play that. Uh, they announced a new Contra game called Contra Rogue Corps. And it's like a top-down dual joystick shooter, and it looks terrible. Like, I legitimately was asking people, like, is this a PS1 game that I missed that they're porting, or is this new? Mm-hmm. Apparently it's brand new. It looks bad, though. Um, They showed a trailer for Animal Crossing. It's got delayed until 2020, but looks cool. Uh, Spyro Trilogy come to Switch Alien Isolation coming to Switch cool um, Empire of Sin which is a new George Romero game which is a weird strategy game that's come to Switch, it looks quite cool coming next year uh, they showed more Ultimate Alliance 3 which looked better than that Avengers game did um, yep. and it announced a new expansion pass for it so it's going to add X-Men stuff and Fantastic Four stuff Oh, uh, they showed. Oh my god, they announced so much stuff at this direct. Jesus Christ, uh, Astral Chain, which uh, they showed last year as well, which is the new Platinum game. Yes, they showed yep. a bunch of gameplay of that during the Treehouse streams afterwards. That game looks phenomenal. Um, I look forward to that one a lot. New trailer for Link's Awakening, the remake, which they gave a release date for as well. It's coming twentieth of September. Um, that game also continues to look fantastic. Uh, Damon X Machina, the mech game they announced last year and then delayed into the later yes. this year. Uh, yeah, they showed some more trailers, uh, another trailer for that, some more gameplay footage of it. Um, looks like they cleaned it up a bunch. They basically they talked a bit, a little bit about it on the Treehouse stream afterwards, where they said that they they released that demo after E3 last year and then they had a survey to get feedback from it. And they delayed the game after that, basically to implement that feedback a bit more thoroughly. And All it, right. looks, it looks like they really fixed basically every issue people had with that game. Except cool. for maybe the frame rate, which still looks a bit iffy. But it looks fun. The announced a Dark Crystal game. Yeah, this I saw I've I've not seen it yet, but yeah, I was reading about it. Yeah. It's a bit weird. So I think I think they're doing another Dark Crystal thing, like I think it's a Netflix thing. Yes, yeah. Um, so they announced a new game for it called The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. Um, which is a, it's a Final Fantasy Tactics clone. It looks good, but it's like 
they made Final Fantasy Tactics but Dark Crystal, which is bizarre. Yeah. Of all the predictions you could have made from E3, I don't think anyone got that one right. <laughs> um, new trailer for Luigi's Mansion 3 and a lot of gameplay of it. It was kind of the thing they focused a bit, probably the most on during this direct. Right, um, okay. That game looks really good. I was surprised by how good that is because I'm not a massive fan of previous Luigi Mansion games. Like, I thought they were all right, <laughs> but not... Like, I wasn't super excited for a third one, but it looks good. Um, Mario and Sonic at Olympic Games. Because, of course, they're doing another one of those because there's another Olympic Games coming. Uh, they did a release date for Cadence of Hydro, uh, Hyrule, which is the Crypt of the Necrodancer Zelda game, which yep. was the 13th of June, and so it's out now. I played a little bit of it. It's quite good. It's expensive, though. It is quite expensive. People should, you know, definitely consider the fact that Crypt and Necrodancer is on sale just now for like a fiver. Um, yeah, because I have, I have, and I love Crypt and Necrodancer, and I was curious about this. I was keen for it, but twenty two pound. Yeah, it's quite expensive. It seems really. Yeah. It seems like it's got a lot in it from what I've played so far. Um, right. And it has, like, a big connected, like, overworld map and stuff like that, which is really cool. All right. Um, it, it seems really cool so far, but, yeah, I, I can understand it being a bit expensive. I'm just bad with money. Um, <laughs> Nino Kuni coming to the Switch. Cool. Which is a, that's a good one. Uh, and then they announced that Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Super Smash Bros. Woo! cool. That's a good one. I, as far as DLC characters go, Banjo and Kazooie was one I was hoping for. Um, and then they finished up the conference by showing a trailer for the next Zelda game, which they said straight up as a Breath of the Wild sequel. Uh, showed a trailer of like Link and Zelda exploring some ruins and this giant monster thing waking up and it looks very horror inspired which is cool because a, a direct sequel to the previous Zelda game using the same engine and assets and stuff like that that is horror inspired just makes me think of Majora's Mask which is still my favourite Zelda game so right, cool. I'm hoping it's really good I could use more yeah. of that um, and that was basically E3 yeah Nintendo had a bunch of Treehouse stuff where they showed more stuff um, I don't think anyone announced anything else other than that, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems it, it was an okay year. Not the best, not the worst. I feel like even the worst conferences were kind of just, you know. Yeah, there wasn't anything particularly bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like even I think my least favorite of them was probably. I mean, maybe the Square Enix one, just because I didn't... The, but it's just because I don't really care about Square Enix games that much. Um, but the even they had like a bunch of stuff to announce, even if a lot of them were just remasters of previous games. Yeah. Like it's still stuff. The Ubisoft one, you know, wasn't super interesting, but it still had a lot of here is a new content for a game that people like. So if you like any individual Ubisoft game, there was something in that conference for you. Um, but yeah, not a lot of new games, not a lot of new gameplay of games that are coming out. Yeah. Um, 
I'm surprised they spent a lot of time in the Square Enix one talking about that Avengers game, but didn't show very much of it, which is weird because that right. game is supposed to come out like the start of next year, which is odd. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's I don't have much more to add to it because it wasn't that eventful a year. I think Nintendo's yeah. conference was very good. Uh, yeah, I will. I'll need to watch. I'll need to watch that properly, and then I can come back to you. But yeah, because I watched the Ubisoft one and watched the Microsoft one. Those, mm. the other ones were just bits and bobs, just because I was away uh, yeah. with work I mean, honestly, and stuff like that. You don't really need to watch the Bethesda one or the Screenings one. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, they weren't very so, interesting. Um, and I just got back today as well, so I'm a bit, a bit buggered. Uh, but um, yeah, okay. it was. Uh, yeah, there was some interesting things. Uh, I think this thing that I'm still looking forward to the most, uh, particularly with the Nintendo stuff, is uh, Ultimate Alliance Three. Yeah, that I was. I mean, I've not really been on the fence about it because I knew I was probably going to buy it and play it once with you and then never play it again. But, yeah, yeah. Um, they showed again. One of my favorite things about how Nintendo does E3 is they do their treehouse streams after the direct, which is just hours and hours of them playing the games yeah and they played marvel ultimate alliance twice i think um but it looks great like just sitting watching them play it rather than these cut together trailers you just see you know 20 minutes of gameplay it's like yeah this game looks fantastic so yeah i I can i I can (laughs) see that being a strong point excellent so um, I think is that us? Yeah, I think that's us. Cool. Uh, I think yeah. I, I am just absolutely shattered. It's been one of those long weeks. Um, <laughs> so we I almost think didn't that, record. I, yeah, we, we. Yes, we. There was a point we where we're like, should we just play some Lego Forza and then call it a night? Yeah, oh, and I yeah. Uh, I, I thought no, it's uh, I will. Uh, we, we we need to record something uh, yeah, because of E3. So, it's been a while in yeah. E3. Of course. So the only thing left for us to do is thank you all for listening to us. If you have anything you want to send us, comments, requests, questions, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can find us on the internet at www.glitchfreegaming.com. Ben's putting up reviews and all sorts of things, web-based content there for you to have a look at. Uh, Kieran, how's the YouTube videos coming along? There are new ones. I put up a new one a couple of weeks ago, which is yes. um, a video about uh, Just Shapes and Beats. Yes. By the time this podcast goes up, there should be another one up about uh, Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Cool. And then I don't know after that. I'm hoping to try and get one done about Wonder Song mm-hmm. soon. So if you go cool. to youtube.com slash user slash glitch free game. You should be able to find us there. Um, otherwise, check on the website because I'm posting all them to the site. So Good. Yep. And if you follow us, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Glitch Free Gaming. And also, you can follow us on Twitter. I think we've got automatic feeds that just post you links to the articles and when a new podcast is up. And that I you follow ben us. also actually manually mans the Twitter, I think. Oh, oh, does he? Yeah. I don't know how much he 
posts on yeah. it. He retweets a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter on at Glitch Free Game. So that is cool. I am going to go because I desperately need my bed and I've got stuff to do at the weekend. So I need to pack again because I'm away from the home for the weekend again. Yeah, same. Fun, fun. Absolutely. So any last comments or final thoughts? Um, Keanu Reeves seems like a cool guy. Yes, he does indeed. Even though he gets a little bit upset because it was just a fucking dog. <laughs> it was never just a dog. Um, John Wick 3 <laughs> in cinemas. I don't think it is still in cinemas, is it? Uh, I think it is, actually. Is it? Go see John Wick 3 if you haven't. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Needs more uh, pencil, though. Uh, mm, yeah. There's a lot of knives, though. Yeah. The knife bits and, a ho- and a horse. The horse bit. That horse is the best weapon in that game, in that movie. <laughs> right. Before we spoil all of John Wick 3, goodbye. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>